Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Weird Circle. In this cave by the restless sea, we are met to call from out the past stories Strange and weird. Bellkeeper, toll the bell, so all may know we are gathered again in the weird circle. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We have assembled. The Weird Circle is underway. Actually, the Riley and Kimmy show is ready to go for this uh, this weekend edition. If you're listening today, it is uploaded. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! 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 <laughs> Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. Yes, I am. Right next to me is the hero of this story, and it is a Saturday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. We hope you're having a great weekend. If you're listening to this today, it is uploaded. Yeah. That's right, and uh, she's wide awake, ready to go. Uh, rested up uh, actually for the weekend. She's all energized, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, Kimmy, uh, how was the uh, Black Friday uh, shopping experience for you? Um, it was pretty calm because I didn't really do any. Now you were out and about, um, you know, in that that mad, 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 mad world. Uh, did it seem lighter in the Black Friday type of uh, shopping experience out in the real world as opposed to the cyber world? from previous years? Well, I, I heard it was. Um, I went to work and it was um, pretty dead on the streets when I when I went into work at my usual time. And okay. then uh, I just stopped at a store on the way home and I was surprised actually that it seemed more crowded at that point. All right. So I think it was like a probably a second or third wave I may have run into, but... Okay. Well, it is a small business Saturday, the day this show's uploaded. So if you're out and about... Uh, we offer the perfect uh, escape opportunity, if you will, with uh, programs available right here. We have over 1,064 available right now uh, for your listening pleasure or for anyone you know. Be sure to tell them about the Pop Culture Variety Talk Show, a place that offers daily brand new episodes for escapism. And that's a Riley and Kimmy show. You can find more archived episodes, videos for escapism, too, interviews and things like that. Also links and just tons of fun with photos. You can find all that on our website, and our web address is, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. That it is. And, Kimmy, on this Saturday, are you ready to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? Yes, I am. Now, we're recording this show way before sunrise and after midnight. It's during the hours of the ghoul. 
And if Kimmy gets more of these right than wrong, I will be preparing her her favorite omelet. Now, she's told me this is her favorite omelet compared to any restaurant that she can find on planet Earth. I will make that favorite omelet of hers if she gets more of these right than wrong. Now, if she gets it wrong, more of them wrong than right, well, there is no omelet for you. No can of spam either, Kimmy. Mm. So you better get them right than wrong. Because, you know, I would not mind having that omelet, too. So it's all up to you on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, we might have jumbled these uh, these dates around. I'm not going to tell you if we have or have not. It could be linear, or it could just be one thrown out of nowhere. Okay. A little, little timey-wimey thing goes on here mm-hmm. with the Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Be sure to shout out those answers at uh, whatever location you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy Show at. If you're listening uh, maybe at a desktop, laptop, t- uh, you know, possibly tablet or uh, your smartphone. Sometimes I hear them. Yeah, That's right. I think it's a time thing going on there, a little time shift. So just shout out. You know, that, you know, even if you're in the car and you're just, you know, at, at the stoplight, feel free to yell like a maniac at, at the phone. Just, you know, or actually yelling at Kimmy. Uh, you know, give her that answer, right? Give her mm-hmm. that help. Then you can explain that to whoever asks you whom you're talking to at the moment. Who are you yelling at, you crazy person in the car? Uh, that's up, up to you to handle that. It's a November 26th. It is Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Kimmy, here is our question. Now, I'm going to give you within... 50 years on this one. Oh, half, boy. Half a century. Here is the question. You got a plus or minus. Plus or minus. You got a plus or minus of 50 years. A half a century, Kimmy. Here is the question. The first lion to be exhibited in America went on display in Boston, Massachusetts on this date in history. Give me the year. 1620. Wow. Kimmy, it was... I'm se- kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, and she's like, oh, no, 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 please, please, no, no. <laughs> let's see. 1801. Well, Kimmy, you were closer maybe before than the second time. I'm not sure that we'd have to do the math. It was 1716. When it happened. Oh. It's interesting. You jumped centuries there when you think about it. Just totally skipped a whole century. Went from 1600s into the 1800s. Forget about those 1700s. <laughs> Anyhow, I think it's quite amazing that that occurred in 1716 yeah. in America. It was on this date in history in 1778. In the Hawaiian Islands, Captain James Cook became the first European to visit Maui. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1789. United States President Washington set aside a day to observe the adoption of the Constitution of the United States. It was 1832. Public streetcar service began in New York City. Have you ever been on a streetcar before in your life? No. All right. You're boring. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Sheltered is what you are. You are sheltered. Mm-hmm. And moving over to something else on this date in history. It was 1863. United States president at the time. hope she paid attention there. I'll say it again in case she wasn't. 1863. The United States president at the time proclaims November 26th as National Thanksgiving Day to be celebrated annually on the final Thursday of November. But that had been changed a little bit later on in 1941. Tell me who the president was, 1863. Abraham Lincoln. Boy, you're on a roll there, Kimmy. I think that omelet might be happening. It could be. It possibly will be happening. So on this date, 1867, J.B. Sutherland patented the refrigerated railroad car. Think about that. Railroad car, 1867, refrigerated. Hmm. Wow. 
And that helped the world for cowboys being able to move, you know, cattle from way out there to way over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was on this date, 1917, Kimmy, the National Hockey League, NHL, was officially formed in Montreal, Canada. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1922 is the year. It was 1922 in Egypt. Howard Carter peered into the tomb of this king. Tell me who that boy king was. King Tutankhamun. Wow. You actually got the whole name there. I was expecting the abbreviated version. What was the, what's the nickname? King Tut. Now, Kimmy, tell me who sang that song that would not have happened unless that had been, you know, the King Tut had been discovered. Tell me who had that as a hit. Of course, Steve Martin. Well, of course it was. It was Steve Martin. Did you own that 45 or album that that came from? I I still own that album. Oh, so you actually have the King Tut song on the album. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you listen to it? Of course I did. All right. I wonder if... That playing on the radio caused you to buy that. I'm kind of curious. I saw it on Saturday Night Live. Ah, that's what did it. Okay. You should not have been allowed to watch Saturday Night Live at that time period. You were only like three years old. I wonder what what that is. <laughs> Why would they let a three or two-year-old watch Saturday Night Live at that time? Or I get it. You saw the best of Saturday Night Live years later. I I totally understand now. Mm. Did you find this then in a used bin and all that kind of stuff? I get it. I understand there, Kimmy. So on his date, 1941, the sitting president at the time signed a bill establishing the fourth Thursday in November as Thanksgiving Day. Can you tell me who that president was? It was 1941. FDR? That's correct. 1942, FDR ordered nationwide gasoline rationing to begin December 1st. It was on this date. Kimmy, 1942, this motion picture had its world premiere at the Hollywood Theater in New York City. Question for you is, can you tell me the name of this famous film? Here is an audio clue for you. See if you can identify it. When I said I would never leave you. And you never will. But I've got a job to do, too. Where I'm going, you can't follow. What I've got to do, you can't be any part of. I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid. All right, Kimmy, classic line from a classic film. Can you identify that motion picture from 1942? Casablanca? I'm stunned. Can I have that answer one more time, Kimmy? Casablanca. Casablanca, city of hope and despair, located in French Morocco in North Africa. The meeting place of adventurers, fugitives, criminals, refugees, lured into this danger-swept oasis by the hope of escape to the Americas. But they're all trapped, for there is no escape. Against this fascinating background is woven the story of an imperishable love and the enthralling saga of six desperate people, each in Casablanca... To keep an appointment with destiny. I was willing to shoot Captain Reno, and I'm willing to shoot you. All right, Major, you asked for it. You knew how much I loved you. How much I still love you. 
I know a good deal more about you than you suspect. I know, for instance, that you're in love with a woman. It's perhaps a strange circumstance that we both should love the same woman. What do you want for Sam? I don't buy and sell human beings. That's too bad. That's Casablanca's leading commodity. You can ask any price you want, but you must give me those letters. That's no deal. All right. I tried to reason with you. I tried everything. Now I want those letters. Jimmy, what uh, question we have here is, have you ever actually seen that movie? Um, Be honest. No. You've never seen the film? No. Oh, interesting. Can you tell me who the male star is from that film? Humphrey Bogart. That's correct. I am surprised you've never actually... I mean, we're not, we're not uh, upset with you here. I'm just surprised you've never seen Casablanca. The background of the final scene, which shows a Lockheed Model 12 Electra Jr. airplane. You'll see it in the background. There's personnel walking around it if you pay attention. Now, that was completely staged using little person extras, and it was actually a cardboard plane. Hmm. It wasn't a real plane. Fog was used to mask the model's unconvincing appearance, but nevertheless, Disney's Hollywood Studios theme park in Orlando, Florida, purchased a Lockheed 12A for its great movie ride attraction and initially claimed that it was the actual plane used in the film. Mm. But it was actually a cardboard that was used in the film. Wow. Yes. Now, the differences in some uh, other things that happened, the difference between Bergman's and Bogart's height caused some problems when they were shooting. She was at least two inches taller than Bogart. So the director had Bogart stand on blocks or sit on cushions in their scenes when they were together. Hmm. Little side note there about Casablanca or Casablanca, whichever way you wish to pronounce it. Kimmy, we're going to have to get you to watch that one. Although, it, interesting enough, it's not my favorite of Bogart's of that time period. I, I like the Maltese Falcon even more. Mm. Have you seen that one? Um, no. Uh, we have to educate you with some classic cinema soon. I think we're going to have to put that down on the resolution list for the next year, for 2017. Classic Cinema Night. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's going to be a long list. Well, yes, there is. But that's your list that makes it long, not mine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not adding very much to that list at all. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1962. The Beatles recorded Please, Please Me. Let me just ask, is it in your vinyl? Please, Please Me. I believe so. Yes, it is. All right. 1965, France became the third country to enter space when it launched the first satellite of theirs. That's 1965. It was 1973. Here's a question, Kimmy. 1973, remember the date. It might help you with your answer. Rosemary Woods. You have no idea who that is, but you know what she possibly did. She told a federal court that she was responsible for the 18-and-a-half-minute gap in a key Watergate tape. Woods was secretary, or actually personal secretary, for what president of the United States? Richard Nixon. That's right. She supposedly, oops, there for 18-and-a-half minutes. Mm-hmm. So on this date, 1975, Lynette Squeaky Frome was found guilty by a federal jury in Sacramento, California, for trying to assassinate what United States president on September 5th? Gerald Ford. That's correct. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year within five, plus or minus, that this single was released by the Sex Pistols. It's called Anarchy in the U.K., Reason it's important, most say that this is the start of punk rock. Anarchy for the UK, yeah, it's coming 
What year, Kimmy, did punk rock arrive? 1983? 1976, Kimmy. Oh. Is when that, I, I have a feeling that is not in your vinyl collection. Mm-mm. Uh, okay. Can you tell me who was the lead singer of the Sex Pistols? Johnny Rotten. Uh, somehow she knew that. I Just like Casablanca, she'd never seen it, but she, she knows. You're sort of like in that Limitless movie. Just a little bit of exposure, it's right there. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's kind of frightening. So on this date, Kimmy, in 1979, the International Olympic Committee voted to readmit China after a 21-year absence. It was on this date, 1985. The rights to Richard Nixon's autobiography were acquired by Random House for $3 million. It was on this date, 1990, the Delta II rocket marks its maiden flight. 1998, Kimmy, this, this wrestler... This big-time wrestler, 1998, you you may never seen a wrestling match in your life, but you know this person. His face was everywhere. This big-time wrestler announced he was retiring from pro wrestling and would run for president in 2000. I don't think he did that. Who is he? It is not Jesse Ventura. Hmm. I thought you would say that. Just. I don't know. It was Hulk Hogan, 1998. I don't know uh-huh. if he actually ran for president or not. So on this date, 2003, the Concorde makes its final flight over Bristol, England. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 2000, the Mars Science Laboratory Curiosity spacecraft launched from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station in Florida. The Mars rover Curiosity landed they landed on the floor of Gale Crater on August 6, 2012, and they found... You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that's what they found. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah, they, they found. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, it was on this date, Kimmy, 1853. Bat Masterson was born, and you know he is important in the world of trivia. And the question for you is, can you sing the Bat Masterson theme, Kimmy? No. Back when the West was very young. Lived a man named Masterson. He wore a cane and derby hat. They called him Bad, Bad Masterson. The trail that he blazed is still there. No one has come since to replace his name. And those with too ready a trigger forgot to figure on his marching. In the legend of the West, one name stands out of all the rest. The man who had the fastest gun, his name was Bat, Bat Masterson. Oh, I wish this was a video episode of the Riley and Kimmy show because Kimmy was enjoying that theme so much. That uh, and the dog growled and ran from the room. Th- from the studio, that is true. One of the dogs did growl and run from the room. Now, Kimmy has has had the pleasure of being tortured in a car with me with one of our friends singing that tune. You remember that? Mm. Yes, 
you, you know, you don't remember, do you? you? Actually, did it actually scare you that much when you heard it <laughs> that, <laughs> that you didn't store it in a memory? Yes, yes, we did. One of our friends uh, sang that, knew the words, and sang the entire thing. Did a great job of that, but it's one of the uh, theme songs I would wished he had not chosen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, it's sort of like the uh, other day I was with a, a very good friend of ours, and I played the theme song to Bonanza with the words. And did you see the look on his face? Uh-huh. But he, he's like, there's words to that? <laughs> and I was like, yes, there, there's words to that. Bat Masterson was our focal point there. And if you like that, Kimmy, that that we have some more highbrow tunage for you coming up here. Oh, on the Riley boy. and Kimmy show. Please stay, stay, wait, please stay tuned. <laughs> it's on the, I have something that tops Bat Masterson. It's on the way. Are you looking oh, forward to that? Good. Oh, I'm sure you are. Eric Severide was born on this date, 1912, died at the age of 79. Kimmy, he was a news journalist for a certain network. You got one of three to choose from. Can you get it? What network did he spend his his career at? NBC. Oh, Kimmy, it was CBS. He was there from 1939 to 1977. I I. Thought you would get that one. I just had a feeling. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. This person was born. I'm giving you an audio clue to make this quite easy for Snoopy? you, Kimmy. No, not Snoopy, but ah. kind of close there. Snoopy's daddy. Uh, this person's named or nicknamed Sparky. He was an American cartoonist, best known for the comic strip Peanuts. Can you tell me who that birthday person is? Charles Schultz. That's right. Born on this date. Now, the the bonus trivia question. Remember, that omelet is online, Kimmy. Within 10 years. Give me the year that Charles M. Schultz passed away. Within 10 years. Um, 2000. You got it exactly right, Kimmy. Wow. It was 2000 when he passed away. That's, that's amazing. Moving over to something else happening on this bir- on this date of birthdays for celebrities. This person, born on this date, died at the age of 73 in 2007. An American singer and actor. I'm not going to ask you a single question about who it is. That's Robert Goulet. Did you, did, do you know who that is? Mm, yeah. Okay. Robert Goulet, born on this date, 1933, passed away at the age of 73 in 2007. Here's his signature song. Could it be in springtime, knowing how in spring I'm bewitched by you so? Wake up, Kimmy. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, wake up. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, glad, I'm, glad you're, I'm glad, glad, glad you're with us, Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy uh-huh. obviously does not like the rich baritone sounds of Robert Goulet. You. You. You cave dweller, you. Okay, moving over to this clue, Kimmy. Tell me who this birthday person is, and just so I can make it clear, they are still with us. Tell me who this birthday person is, and give me their age. This person is actually a major influence on you, Kimmy. You've done uh, you've done stage work with me because of this person. This person's an inspiration. This is an impressionist, Kimmy. Voice actor, nicknamed the man of a thousand voices. He was named that by voice actor Mel Blanc. He was a frequent guest on variety and talk shows. With Johnny Carson, he captured the Tonight Show's host so well, that voice of his, and onstage mannerism, that he later played Carson in the HBO TV movie The Late Shift. 
He also did a lot of those celebrity roast things and imitates presidents going back to Kennedy all the way to current. Can you identify who that person is? Rich Little? Yes, Kimmy is right. It is Rich Little. Kimmy, can you give me the age of Rich Little today? 83. He is 78 years old, still performing. Hmm. Love to see him. If you ever want to see him in a different thing, too, uh, Chips has an episode of him with Elvira. And Elvira plays a comic book shop owner. Yes. Kimmy's like, what the devil's he talking about? Been hit upside the head by a brick, I think. No, Elvira plays a comic book shop owner. And Rich Little plays a comic book illustrator, Mm. magician. Mm. He's both. Mm-hmm. And he is eccentric, whacked out of his gourd, and it deals with comic book art thievery. Mm. Swiping on that classic episode of Chips. I'm going to have to DVR that one for you hmm. when I find it. Or maybe we can find it online or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. See see what you can learn? Wow. Chips, Chips dealt with comic books. Elvira and Rich Little. Who would imagine those two... Mm. On the same show together. Mm-mm. So you can identify this birthday person. Tell me how old they are. It should be so easy for you. I have a feeling you have an omelet coming your way. Here is your audio clue. What's love got to do? Got to do with it. What's love but a second-hand emotion? She's referred to as the queen of rock and roll. Who is that? Tina Turner. That's correct. How old is Tina Turner today? 79. She's 77 years old. She has also sold more concert tickets, get this, than any other solo performer in history. Wow. Yes. Her combined album and single sales total approximately 180 million copies worldwide, making her one of the biggest selling female acts in music history. Hmm. That's just how important she is. Question we have, another music one for you. John McVie having a birthday today. Tell me what group actually came to be forming his name with somebody else's. Fleetwood Mac. And who was the other person that the name is part of? Um, McFleetwood. Yeah, that's right. How old is John McVie today within 10? 75. He is 71 today, and he had somebody uh, that he was married to that uh, became a part of that group in solo act. Uh, who was that? Stevie Nicks? No. Christine McVie. Oh, Christine McVie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, sure she did. But we won't hold that against her. I won't take any points away from her on the omelet. Stevie Nicks was with Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, you know, and, you know, Trouble, Lindsey Buckingham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You, you remember him, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess. Christine well, McVie was a solo? Yeah, went solo? She went solo for a period of time, like uh, about 85, I think it was, approximately. Don't hold me to that. Mm. It was uh, definitely a mid '80s. It, there was a solo for her performance as well. Okay. Didn't didn't uh, have that. Didn't uh, big, really take uh, off like Stevie. Yeah. Okay. Kimmy, moving over to another part of the almanac. I see dead people. 1956 marks the death of big band leader and trombone soloist Tommy Dorsey. Now he died at the age of 51 in his home in Connecticut. He had begun taking sleeping pills regularly, and that was around that time period from which he was so sedated that one night he died in his sleep from choking after eating a heavy meal. But at the time, his wife was questioned about an affair she was having on Dorsey. Mm. And there's other controversy around him. 
might be worth checking out in a biography. That is the late Tommy Dorsey. Kimmy, I think you did a great job on the Almanac today. I think that uh, omelet is coming your way. Mm. Uh, and you can enjoy that omelet listening to something from the golden age of radio that's associated to that almanac. Radio Riley and Kimmy show going back in time to the golden age of radio. We do that from time to time whenever we have the opportunity, and that's to keep it alive and introduce it to those who have never heard the golden age of radio. Sometimes the uh, programming of old-time radio, they would go to the movies. Now, they would not lift the audio from a film. They would actually do a radio production of a hit film. So many reasons this was done. Number one, yes, to attract listeners to the radio show, but also to keep the film property alive because they they did not repeat films that much there wasn't television to keep the film if you will not a franchise but the brand alive and there there wasn't videotapes or dvrs or dvds at that time period so the golden age of radio would be that source to keep it in people's minds and they did that with casablanca just a well, about two years after the film came out they did Casablanca, the old-time radio version. This is not audio from the film. This is an actual radio production. Now, the stars, the two leads, were replaced for radio. Sometimes they would do the old-time radio productions as well, but not in this case. In this case, we have Alan Ladd and Hedy Lamar in Casablanca from 1944 on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Everyone knows that name today, Casablanca. Before the war, Casablanca was just another small seaport with its face to the Mediterranean and its back to the North Atlantic. But then, as the Nazi lash descended upon Europe, hordes of refugees, like the boiling waters of a burst dam, flooded into the sanctuary of its white walls. Those with money enough, or influence enough, obtained exit visas, bearing the seal of the Vichy government fled to Lisbon, and from Lisbon to the Americas. The others just waited and waited. But all who came to Casablanca were not refugees. The German intelligence was always there when anything unusual occurred. As, for example, the murder of two Nazi couriers. Major Stratton, may I present Captain Reynaud, police prefect of Casablanca. Unoccupied France welcomes you, Major. Thank you. You may find the climate of Casablanca a trifle warm. We Germans must get used to all climates, Captain, from Russian to the Sahara. But perhaps you were not referring to the weather. Oh, what else, my dear Major? The murder of the couriers. What has been done about it? Uh, Captain Reno already knows who the murderer is. Excellent. He is in custody? There is no hurry. Tonight he will come to Rick's. Uh, that cafe, Major, I pointed it out to you. Everybody in Casablanca comes to Rick's. But this one will not leave. Frankly, Captain, I did not journey here simply to find an assassin. The real reason for my visit is Victor Laszlo. I thought as much. Has he arrived yet? Yes, this afternoon, with a very beautiful young woman. I met them. Reno, Laszlo must not leave Casablanca. I have learned that he is prepared to offer a fabulous bribe for a visa to Lisbon. I am prepared to refuse it. Where is he staying, you know? Major, I even know the time he intends to bathe. I would like to talk with Laszlo. Can it be arranged? Undoubtedly, he too will be at Rick's tonight. Everybody comes to Rick's. Uh, 
Or did I mention that before? Yes, monsieur? I reserved a table. Victor Laszlo. Yes, monsieur Laszlo, just one moment, please. Victor, are you sure we should have come here? So in public? There's often the greatest safety in what appears to be a risk. I see no one here who forgot his description. Neither do I. You'll be here, though. Excuse me. I have a ring here. What? A ring. I'm forced to sell it at a great sacrifice. Well, I hardly think that perhaps I... the lady. The ring is quite unique. You see? That's it, Victor. Yes, it's a very interesting ring. What's your name? Berger, monsieur. I recognize you from the newspaper photographs. We read five times that you were killed in five different places. As you see, five different places. As you can see, it's true each time. Thank heaven we found you, Berger. I'm looking for a man by the name of Ugarte. He's supposed to help us. He's here somewhere. You need all the help you can get. Yes, this time they mean to stop me. Oh, I'm so afraid for you, Victor. We've been in difficult places before. Why? Wait, it's coming back. That's all, Berger. Meet us at the bar later. Oh, I don't think we want to buy the ring, but uh, thank you for showing it to us. Yeah, it's France, Rick. France Ugarte. Come here. Uh, what do you want? Oh, nothing much, Rick. Uh, too bad about the German couriers, eh? Well, I got a break. Yesterday, they were just two clerks. Today, they're among the honored dead. You, you will forgive me for saying this, Rick, but you are a very cynical person. I forgive you. <laughs> you. You despise me, don't you? Well, if I gave you any thought, I probably would. But think of the poor refugees who must rot in Casablanca if I did not help them. Is it so bad that through ways of my own, I provide them with exit visas? For a price, Ducati, for a price. Oh, those poor wretches who cannot meet Renault's price, I, I get it for them at half. Is that so parasitic? Well, I don't mind a parasite. I just object to a cut-rate one. <laughs> well, after tonight, I'm through with the whole business. I, I'm leaving Casablanca. Rick, look. What? Look, Rick, look. Do you know what these papers are? Letters of transit signed by Marshal Vagon. With his signature, they cannot be rescinded or questioned. Not even by Renault. So... So I'm selling these for more money than I ever dreamed of. And then, goodbye. What are you trying to say, Ugarte? <laughs> Rick, I have many friends in Casablanca. But because you despise me, you are the only one I trust. Would you keep these letters for me? How long? Mm, for an hour, perhaps, till my client arrives. Okay. But I don't want them here overnight. Oh, thank you, thank you. No fear of that. Uh, now, Rick, I hope you are more impressed with me. I'll go to share my luck now with your roulette wheel. Hey, wait a minute. Yes? I heard a rumor that those Nazi couriers were carrying letters of transit. No. Yes. Poor devils. I... I heard that rumor, too. You're right, Ugarty. I am a little more impressed with you. Good evening, Rick. Oh, hello, Renault. Hear that plane, Ricky? It's going to Lisbon. You'd like to be on it? Why, what's in Lisbon? The clipper that goes to America. Rick, I have often speculated on why you do not return to America. There's a roulette table inside for people who like to speculate. Yes. I noticed Ugarte just went in. Yes, you'll come out poor. What was it, Rick? Whatever brought you to Casablanca? Did you abscond with the church funds back home? Did you run off with somebody's wife? I should like to think that you killed a man. It's the romantic in me. 
Well, I'll tell you. It was a combination of all three. Someday I'll find out. Oh, Rick, before you came, I took the liberty of escorting a visitor to your best table, a German, Major Strasser. I wanted him to be on hand for the excitement, because tonight we're making an arrest here. Again? This time a murderer. Please don't warn him, Rick. Now, look, I stick my neck out for nobody. And I'm staging the arrest here out of my high regard for you. It'll interest the customers. And perhaps Major Strasser. Perhaps. Cassell. Yes, Captain. You will find Franz Ugarte inside at the roulette table. Yes. Arrest him for the murder of the German couriers. Yes, Captain. Or he'll be carrying some letters of transit. Be sure you get them. Yes. Louis, there's more than Ugarte on your mind tonight. Oh, you're very observant, Rick. There are many exit visas sold in this cafe, but we know that you have never sold them. That is why I permit you to remain open. No, I thought it was because I let you win a roulette. Oh, that's another reason. Rick, a man arrived today in Casablanca on his way to America. Right now he's at the bar. He will offer a fortune to anyone who will furnish him with an exit visa. What man? Victor Laszlo. Why, Ricky, this is the first time I've ever seen you so interested. Laszlo has succeeded in interesting half the world. I wonder how he'll manage it. Manage what? His escape. He escaped from a concentration camp. And the Nazis have chased him all over Europe. But this is the end of the chase, Rick. Ten thousand francs says it isn't. Make it five thousand. I'm only a poor, corrupt official. No, no matter how clever he is, he still needs an exit visa. I should say two. He's traveling with a lady. He'll settle for one. Oh, I think not. I have seen the lady. Now, where did you get the idea that I might help Laszlo? Because I know all about you, Ricky. Enough at least to know you're more a sentimentalist than a cynic. I know that in 1935 you ran guns into Ethiopia. I know that in 1936 you risked your neck with the loyalists in Spain. And got well paid on both occasions. The winning side would have paid you much better. Maybe. Louis, why do you want to keep Laszlo here? Gestapo's thanks. You overestimate the influence of the Gestapo. In Casablanca, I'm the boss. I do not interfere with them... Cassell is a very noisy policeman. Mr. Laszlo, what was a lend welcome to Rick. You welcomed us this afternoon at the airport, Captain. I welcome everyone, everywhere. Oh, my profoundest apologies for the recent disturbance, most unfortunate. Yes. For the poor man who was killed. Horrible. Horrible, mademoiselle? But then may I ask, why did you remain? Oh, permit me. Major Strasser, Mademoiselle Lund, Monsieur Laszlo. We've heard of you, Major. The Major asked, why did you remain after the regrettable shooting? We were here to meet someone. He's not yet arrived. Ilza, I think perhaps we should leave now. It might be wiser, Monsieur. I do not think your friend will come. They just removed the body of Franz Ugarte to the mall. Franz Ugarte? Your friend. I'm sorry, Captain, but the name Franzugati means absolutely nothing to me. Oh, come now, monsieur. We know that uh, you... This is enough for tonight. Tomorrow at ten, monsieur, last low in the captain's office. With mademoiselle. We are not under your authority, Major. This is French soil. Captain Renault, is it your order that we come to your office? Uh, let us say it is my request. Very well. At ten o'clock in the morning. Good night. Sleep well, Major. 
Now, my friends, after all this unpleasantness, a little relaxation. Sit down, please. Waiter. Yes, Captain. A bottle of the best champagne. Put it on my bill. Now, no, please. Oh, they put it on my bill. I tear the bill up. It's just a little game we play. We, <laughs> we shouldn't stay. We seem to be the only ones left. I'm afraid Ricky will be very cross with me, killing one customer and driving the others away. Oh, but that's no reason why you shouldn't be entertained. Sam. Even, Captain. Sing something nice for my guests, Sam. Sure, boss. Mademoiselle, I have been informed you were the most beautiful woman ever to visit Casablanca. That is a gross understatement. Thank you. You're very kind. Captain, that man singing. He's been staring at you for the past five minutes, Ilsa. I've seen him before somewhere. Oh, Sam? Oh, he came here from Paris with Rick. Rick? Who is he? Mademoiselle, you are in Rick's. And Rick is, well, is what? But he is the kind of a man that... Well, if I were a woman and I were not around, I would be in love with Rick. No offense, monsieur. If you, uh, if you both won't think me terribly rude, will you excuse me a moment? I want to talk to Sam. To Sam? Of course, my dear. Hurry back, mademoiselle. Hello, Sam. Hello, Miss Ilsa. Never expected to see you again. It's been a long time. Yes, miss. Where is he, Sam? Why, who, miss? Rick. I don't know. I ain't seen him all night. Will he be back? Uh, not tonight no more. He ain't coming. He went home. Does he always leave so early after a shooting? Oh, Sam. You used to be a much better liar. Leave him alone, Miss Ilsa. You're bad luck to him. Sam, play it once, for old time's sake. Uh, I don't know what you mean. Play it, Sam, as time goes by. I can't remember it, Miss Ilsa. Please. Sing it, Sam. Oh, Miss Ilsa. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by. And when two lovers move, they still say... Sam! I thought I told you never to play that. Now you've done it. Well, Rick, come here. I want you to meet some charming people. Well, hello, Elsa. Hello, Rick. Oh, you two know each other. Well, then you also know Monsieur Victor Laszlo? No. Oh. One hears a great deal about Rick in Casablanca. And about you everywhere. Won't you join us for a drink? This is the most interesting cafe, even without the gunplay. I congratulate you. And I congratulate you. What for? For your work. Thank you. I try. We all try. You succeed. Well, I can't get over you two knowing each other. I wasn't sure you were the same. Let's see. The last time we met, wasn't it in Paris? Well, that shouldn't be too hard to remember. It was the day the Germans marched in. The Germans wore gray. You wore blue. Ilza, I don't wish to be the one to say it, but... It is late. Yes, so it is. Carl, the bill. Forget it, Carl. It's my party. Oh, it is. We're all in all a most unusual evening. We'll come again. Do that. Will you say goodnight to Sam for me? Sure. There's still nobody in the world who can sing as time goes by like Sam. He hasn't done it in a long time. Good night. Oh, I'd like just one word with Rick, Monsieur Laszlo, and then if you wish, I'd be delighted to drive you to your hotel. Thank you. We'll wait outside. A very puzzling fellow, this Rick. 
Just what sort is he? I really can't say. I met him in Paris. We were once acquaintances. Just a few minutes, Richard DeMille presents Teddy Lamar, Alan Ladd, and John Loder in Act Two of Casablanca. And now, here are two young workers in a busy office getting ready to leave for the day. Sue, if you look in that mirror any harder, you'll break it. Why the anxious expression? No letter from Jim today? Yes, Jim wrote, and he may get a furlough next month. Say, Peggy. Yes, Sue? You know, everyone used to say what a swell complexion I had. Guess it was my best feature. But lately, it doesn't look like anything. Lost the old sparkle, eh? And now you're worrying because Jim's coming home. You've been working all hours lately. Been neglecting your beauty care, I'll bet. Well, it is easier not to bother sometimes, I'll admit. Yes, and it's practically fatal to take that attitude about your looks. Now, listen to your Aunt Peggy, Susie. She's got it prescribed for you. Every day without fail, an active lather facial. Active lather facial? With Lux Toilet Soap. The soap screen size you. And believe me, it works. I know, because Lux Soap Care helped my skin to look lots nicer. Now, here's what you do. And this is the Lux Soap Beauty Facial Peggy told her friend to take. Cover your face generously with that nice, creamy lather. Work it in gently, but thoroughly, too. Now, rinse with warm water, splash with cold, and dry with a soft towel. Easy, isn't it? Just try that every single day from now on. And only a few weeks later, Sue said... Oh, Peggy, I owe you and Lux Soap a world of thanks. What a thrill it was to have Jim tell me. Sue, darling, you look lovely. Prettier than ever. Many a girl has found daily Lux Toilet Soap facials really make skin lovelier. Recent tests show that actually three out of four complexions improved with this care. Grew softer, smoother. Why not let this fine white soap give your skin protecting care it should have? Ask for Lux Toilet Soap tomorrow. And if you find your dealer is temporarily out of stock due to wartime conditions, he's sure to have more soon. Remember, Lux Toilet Soap, Hollywood Beauty Soap, is worth waiting for. And now, Mr. DeMille returns to the microphone. Act two of Casablanca, starring Alan Ladd as Rick, Hedy Lamar as Ilsa, and John Loder as Victor, with Edgar Barrier as Renault. It's hours later, and in Rick's cafe, a solitary lamp still burns. Rick sits at a table, staring into an empty highball glass. And in the shadows, Sam fingers the keyboard quietly. Boss, ain't you going to bed? <laughs> Not right now. Well, ain't you planning on going to bed in the near future? No. Go on, keep playing with you. Okay. Boss, let's get out of here. There ain't nothing but trouble for you here. Coming back. I know she's coming back. Well, we could take the car, you and me, and drive till morning. We go fishing somewhere and stay until she leaves. Ugarde dies and she walks in. One out, one in. Of all the joints and all the towns and all the world, she walks in a mine. Hey, what's that your plan? Oh, just a little something of my own. Now stop it. You know what I want to hear? No, I don't. Now you played it for her, you can play it for me. Yes, boss. Boss, listen. What? You got company. Now it's counting on. Rick, may I talk to you? Uh, so long, boss. Miss Ilsa, you shouldn't have come. One drink? No. 
Why did you have to come to Casablanca? I wouldn't have come if I'd known you were here. Believe me, Rick, it's true. Why about your voice? Still the same. Rick, dear, I'll go any place with you. We'll get on a train together and we'll never stop. Don't, Rick. Please don't. I understand how you feel. How long did I know you, honey? Oh, I didn't count the days. I did. Every one of them. Mostly I remember the last one. Paris. <laughs> the wow finish. Guy waiting at a station in the rain with a marriage license in his pocket and a, a funny look on his kisser because a, uh, a sledgehammer just hit him between the eyes. Can I tell you a story, Rick? There's a go. I'll finish. I don't know the finish yet myself. Okay. Maybe one will come to you as you go along. It's, it's about a girl who met a man she's heard about all her life. A great and courageous man. And soon, everything this girl knew or ever became was because of this man. She looked up to him and worshipped him with a feeling she thought was love. There are bare stories in my time. Tell me, was he the guy you left me for? Was it Laszlo? Or were there a few others in between? Rick. A lot of people ran away from Paris that day. I wonder if they all left notes. You left a note, didn't you? Sam brought it to me at the railroad station. I guess it was a love light in my eyes that helped him spot me and all that mob. Yes, I wrote you a note. I know it was cowardly, but I just couldn't face you. I cannot go with you or ever see you again. Remember? I must not ask why. You just believe that I love you and God bless you. It's a literal translation, Elson. I thought... I thought if I came here tonight and spoke to you, I could make you understand. I'm sorry, Rick. Don't give up, honey. I'm just a slow study. Call again sometime and give it another word. We have searched Ugarte's apartment again, Major. No luck. Someone else must have them. And I strongly suspect that someone is Rick. I suggest you continue the search in the cafe. If Rick has the letters of transit, he is much too smart to let you find them there. You give him too much credit. Just another blundering American. We must not underestimate American blundering, Major. I was with them when they blundered into Berlin in 1918. As to Laszlo, we want him watched. 24 hours a day. Yes, it's 10 o'clock, Major, and he and the girl are waiting now for us. Send him in. Send them in, Cassell. I do not think we're going to get very far with Laszlo this morning. Nevertheless, there's no loss in making him the obvious offer. Only a loss of time. Oh, good morning. I'm delighted to see you both. Laszlo, mademoiselle. Good morning. Good morning. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Laszlo, we will not mince words. Good. Let's begin by saying that I'm an escaped prisoner of the Third Reich, from whom no one ever escaped. I do not deny you are an exceptional man. Monsieur, you say Third Reich as if you expect there will be others. I take what comes, Major. So far, yes. You have been fortunate enough to elude us. You have reached Casablanca. I intend to make certain you stay here. <laughs> Whether or not you succeed, Major, is, of course, problematic. Not quite. On all exit pieces issued here in Casablanca, Captain Renault's signature is necessary. Captain, would you think it possible that Laszlo will receive a visa? And I'm afraid not, monsieur. Well, perhaps I'll like it here. 
It's you, mademoiselle? You, uh, you needn't be concerned about me. As a matter of fact, you could both be on your way to Lisbon this very night. But, of course, under certain conditions. Well, Major, what are your terms? As leader of the underground movement, you know who the other leaders are. In Paris, Athens, Prague, Amsterdam... And Berlin? Furnish me their names and exact whereabouts, and you will have your visa immediately. And the honor of serving the Third Reich. Major, what if he did give them to you? What if you did track them down and kill them? From every corner of Europe, hundreds, thousands would rise and take our places. Even Nazis can't kill that far. You make only one mistake. In the event anything unfortunate should occur to Monsieur Laszlo, no one could take his place. Thank you. You wouldn't dare interfere with him here. This is still unoccupied France. Any violation of neutrality will reflect on you, Captain. Monsieur, so far as it is in my power, that neutrality will be respected. Are you finished with us? For the moment, yes. Then good day. Come, Ilza. Your next step to securing a visa is what, Monsieur? I don't know. Well, let me save you some time. Sooner or later, the man to see will be Senor Ferrari. And he operates the Blue Parrot Cafe across the street from your hotel. Good day, mademoiselle. Hello, Ferrari. I saw the supply truck come in. I thought I'd stop by for the American cigarettes. But why yourself? My boy will bring them over. Every time he does, the order's a little bit short. Carrying charges, my boy. Carrying charges. I'm glad you're here, Rick. I want to talk to you. The news about Ugarte upset me very much. Now, look, you don't feel any sorry for Ugarte than I do. Of course not. What upsets me is that no one knows where those letters of transit are. Practically no one. If I could lay my hands on them, I could make a fortune. And so could I. And I'm a poor businessman. I have a proposition for whoever has those letters. I'll handle the entire transaction, get rid of the letters, and take all the risk for a small percentage. That's the proposition I have for whoever has those letters. Well, I'll tell him when he comes in. Rick, I think you know where they are. The Norton Strasser thinks so, too. That's really why I came over here. To give them a good chance to tear my place apart. Excuse me, Senor. Yes? There's a man who wishes to see you. Monsieur Laszlo. I was rather expecting him. Send him in. Is he alone? There is a lady also. She said she would wait outside. But she will not wait alone. Hey, Rick? Well, suppose you just concentrate on Laszlo. Hey, Ferrari? <laughs> Send him in, Zasha. The back way. A little courtesy for Rick. Good morning. Hello, Rick. I'm sorry about last night. Doesn't matter. The story had me a little confused. Or maybe it was the bourbon. Forget it. You can repeat it now. I'm reasonably sober. I don't think I will. Why not? After all, I got stuck with a railway ticket. All right. Victor Maslow is my husband. Well, what do you know? And he was, even when I knew you in Paris. I don't believe it. There seems to be so much you don't believe. What about it? It happened almost a year before I met you. He loved me, and I thought I loved him. Soon after we were married, he had to leave France. And this time he has to leave Casablanca? Yes, he must. Oh, you have so changed, Rick. The Rick I knew in Paris, I could tell him, but not you. I'll be leaving Casablanca soon, and I hope we'll never meet again. If we leave it that way, maybe we'll remember those old days and forget last night. Well, I'm not leaving Casablanca. I'm settled now. Above a saloon. You walk up one flight of stairs. I'll expect you. It will take a miracle to get you out of Casablanca, Monsieur Laszlo. And the Germans have outlawed miracles. 
I got tired of waiting, Victor. Do you mind? You don't, mademoiselle. Please. You see, as leader of all illegal activities in Casablanca, I am an influential and respected man. But I am helpless to do anything for Monsieur Laszlo. You, however, are a different matter. He thinks it might just be possible to get an exit visa for you. To go along? Yes. We're only interested in two visas, senor. Please, Ilta, you must get to America. And believe me, somehow, sometime, I'll join you. What if things were different? What if I had to stay and there was only one visa? Would you take it? Yes, I would. Then why didn't you leave me in Lille? When I had trouble getting out of there, or in Marseille, when I was ill, and you were in desperate danger every second. Why didn't you leave me then, Victor? I meant to. But something always held me up. I, too, am a very sensitive man, monsieur. I know. I happen to love her very much. So, for the present, senor, we'll go on looking for two visas. Thank you. I am moved to make a suggestion. You are aware of Ugarty and the letters of transit? Yes, slightly. I'll venture to guess that Ugarty left those letters in Rick's cafe. He is a difficult customer, but it is worth the chance. You have been very patient, senor. Good day. What's all this about? A near riot in your own cafe. You don't even bother to get up and see for yourself. I got other things on my mind. What happened? <laughs> Some German officers started to sing the watch on the Rhine. They wanted the customers to join in. Well, they did. Except what they sang sounded more like La Marseillaise. Oh, with my usual tact, I handled the situation perfectly. Rick. Hmm? My men gave this place a rather thorough going over this morning. Yeah, we just barely got it cleaned up and time to open. As I told my men to be especially destructive, you know how that impresses Germans. Where are the letters, Rick? You see, Captain, the situation is not as much under control as you believe. That song is forbidden. How dare they sing it? And now, my dear Major, we cooperate with your government, but we cannot control the feelings of these refugees. Captain, are you entirely certain which side you are on? <laughs> oh, I blow with the wind, Major. And right now, the prevailing breeze is from Vichy. Hmm. And I have been thinking, it is too dangerous for us to let Laszlo leave Casablanca, but it may also be too dangerous to let him stay. We know all of North Africa is honeycombed with traders just waiting for someone to leave them. Yes, it poses an intricate problem. There's one man who could solve it. Who? He just walked in. Victor Laszlo. I'm a very bright boy, Laszlo. I figured you came here to see me, and I figured you preferred seeing me in my office, alone. You do nothing but bewilder me. But you hope I may also be able to help you. You told me once you knew of my activities. Then you must know how important it is that I get out of here to help continue the work of a very great movement. The problems of the world are beyond me, Laszlo. I'm just a saloon keeper. My friends in the underground have told me differently. They mentioned Spain and Ethiopia and a strange tendency of yours to be always with the underdog. Well, I found it a very expensive hobby. But then I never was much of a businessman. Are you enough of a businessman to appreciate an offer of a hundred thousand francs? I appreciate it, but I don't accept. Two hundred thousand? Make it a million francs or ten francs, the answer is still no. There must be some reason why you refuse to sell the letters. There is. I suggest you ask your wife. I beg your pardon? I said ask your wife. Are you leaving, Victor? Where are you going? Oh, I thought I mentioned it. There's a meeting of the underground. Oh, please don't go, Victor. I'm frightened. Look. Look out the window. I don't have to, darling. I'm used to being trailed. What's going to happen, Victor? Who knows, Ilva, dear? It's 
Strasser now threatens to find some excuse to put me quietly away in jail. All the more reason why you must stay here tonight. I'm frightened too, Ilza, but what can I do? Hide in a hotel room or carry on the best I can? Whatever I'd say, you'd carry on. Victor, why didn't you tell me about Rick? You saw him, didn't you? Apparently he has the letters. Yes? But no intention of selling them. You think that if sentiment wouldn't persuade him, that money would. <laughs> Did he give you any reason? He suggested that I ask you. Ask me? Ilza, when I was in the concentration camp, were you lonely in Paris? Yes, Victor, I was. I know what it is to be lonely. Is there anything you wish to tell me? No. No, there isn't. My dear, I love you very much. Yes, I know. Uh, Victor, whatever I do, will you... Will you believe me that I... You don't even have to say it. I'll believe you. Good night, dear. Good night, Victor. Please be careful. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Victor Laszlo left for the meeting of the underground, Ilsa sat motionless in the drab hotel room. Suddenly, her mind made up, she takes an object out of her husband's briefcase, walks through the dark, quiet night to Rick's cafe, and up the outside stairs that lead to the second floor. I told you this morning you'd come around, but this is a little head of schedule. Rick, I had to see you. That's what you said last night. All this has nothing to do with the letters of transit, has it? Seems as long as I have those letters, I'll never be lonely. You can ask any price you want, but you must give them to me. I went through all that with your husband. It's no deal. I know how you feel about me, but uh, I'm asking you to put your feelings aside for something more important. Do I have to hear again what a great man your husband is, what an important cause he's fighting for? It was your cause, too. In your own way, you fought for the same thing. Well, I'm not fighting for anything anymore except myself. Rick, once you loved me, if those days mean anything at all to you... I would bring up Paris if I were you. It's poor salesmanship. Listen. Listen to me, Rick. If you only knew the truth... I wouldn't believe you no matter what you told me. You'd say anything now to get what you want. You want to feel sorry for yourself, don't you? One woman has hurt you and you take your revenge on the rest of the world. Rick. Rick, please help us. If you don't, Victor will die in Casablanca. Well, I'm going to die in Casablanca, too. It's a good spot for it. All right. I tried. I tried to reason with you, Rick. Now I want those letters. A gun, Ilsa? Is that really a gun in your hand? Where are the letters? Right here in my pocket. Put them on the table. Uh-uh. For the last time, put them on the table. All right, go ahead and shoot, Elson. You'll be doing me a favor. I can't. You know I can't. I've done nothing but make a fool of myself. Oh, I don't know what to do, what to say. I thought I would never see you again. The day you left Paris, if you knew what I went through, if you knew how much I loved you, 
how much I still love you. All right, I'm crazy. I'm crazy, but I believe you. You win. Hilda, what happened? What was it? I've, I've imagined everything in the world and none of it very pretty. I've tried to tell you. A few months after Victor left France, word came that he was in a concentration camp. And then, not long after, another message that he was dead. Shot trying to escape. I had nothing. Not even hope. Then I met you. Why weren't you honest with me then? Why didn't you tell me you'd been married, that he was dead or something? Victor wanted it that way. It was his way of protecting me. I knew too much about his work. The Gestapo found out I was his wife. It would be dangerous for me and for those working with us. When did you find out he was still alive? Just before you and I were going to leave, his friends came. They were hiding him in a freight car on the outskirts of Paris. He was almost dead. Well, that's it, Rick. Still a story without an ending. What about now? Now? I don't know. Except that I'll never have the strength again to run away from you. And Laszlo? You'll help him, won't you? You'll see that he gets out. And then he'll have his work. All that he's been living for. All except you. Oh, I can't fight anymore. I don't know anymore what's right and what's wrong. You'll have to think for both of us. For all of us. Okay. Okay, I will. If only I didn't love you so. Oh, well, sorry. Wait a minute. What's the matter? Just get a door closed, quiet. Hey, Sam. Is that you? Yeah, boss. What's the matter? And Mr. Laszlo, I found him crawling through our cellar window. Victor. Come up here. Did he know you're here? No. There was a meeting of the underground tonight. They must have been following him. Oilo's men. Strasser's men. So he picks my place to hide. That's fine. He's got some eye down, boss. He cut his hand, breaking the wind in. Oh. Hello, Sam. Good evening, Miss Ilsa. Sam, I want you to take Miss Lund to a hotel. What about Victor? He cut his hand, didn't he? I don't like blood on my floor. I'll get down and patch him up. And Sam. Yeah, boss. Miss Lund will prefer going up the back stairs. I'm sorry about this, Rick. I've had a little trouble. Now, forget it. Well, I guess I ought to take care of your hand. Thanks. If it's all right with you, I'd like to stay here a few minutes longer. Yeah. Don't you sometimes wonder if it's worth all this, what you're fighting for? We might as well question why we breathe. If we stop breathing, we'll die. If we stop fighting our enemies, the world will die. What of it? You know how you sound, Rick. Like a man who is trying to convince himself of something he doesn't at all believe. Each of us has a destiny, for good or evil. Hmm. I get the point. I wonder if you do. I wonder if you know that you're trying to escape from yourself, and you'll never succeed. You seem to know all about it. I know a good deal more about you than you suspect. I know, for instance, that you're in love with a woman. It's perhaps a strange circumstance that we should both be in love with her. No one's to blame, and I ask no explanation. I ask only one thing. You won't give me the letter to transit? All right. But I want Ilza to be safe. I ask you as a favor to use the letters to take her away from Casablanca. You love her that much? Apparently you think of me only as the leader of a cause. Well, I'm also a human being. Yes, I love her that much. You shouldn't have left your back doors unlocked, Machuri. Yeah, that's right, Cassell. No telling who might break in. Monsieur Laszlo, you'll come with us. We have a warrant for your arrest. Ricky. 
I advise you not to be too interested in what happens to Laszlo. Oh, come on. Stop bluffing. All you can do is find him a few thousand francs. You might as well let him go now. Hey, what are you charging him with? I haven't quite decided. Meanwhile, if by any chance you are thinking of helping him to escape... And what makes you think I'd do that? Because, one, you bet 5,000 francs that he would, and two, you've got the letters of transit. Don't bother to deny it. All right, get ready for a shock, Louis. Yeah, I have the letters, but I intend to use them myself. I'm leaving Casablanca on the last plane tonight. What? And I'm taking a friend with me. One you'd appreciate. What friend? Bill Lund. Hmm. And that ought to put your mind at rest about my wanting to help Laszlo escape. He's the last man I'd want to see get out of here. You didn't come here to tell me this. Since you have the letters, you know very well you can fill in your names and leave any time you wish. Yes. Yeah. We have a legal right to go, but people sometimes are held in Casablanca in spite of their legal rights. Laszlo, for instance. What makes you think I'd want to hold you? Ilse's Laszlo's wife. She knows things with interest tremendously. Louis, I'll make a deal with you. Go on. If you would get something really big against Laszlo, something that would chuck him in a concentration camp for years, that would be quite a haul for you, wouldn't it? Yes. Germany, uh, Vichy would be very grateful. Mm-hmm. Then release Laszlo now. You'll be at my place half an hour before the plane leaves. I'll arrange to have Laszlo come there to pick up the letters of transit. That will give you criminal grounds to arrest him. You take him, and Ilse and I get away. There's something about this I don't quite understand. You were never before interested in any woman. Well, she just isn't any woman. I see. How do you know that I'll keep the, my end of the bargain? Or that you'll keep your end of the bargain? You've got Laszlo inside? Yes. Well, let me see him alone now. We'll make the arrangements. Open up your microphones and you'll hear every word. You would anyway. Ricky. Ricky, I'm really going to miss you. Apparently, you're the only one in Casablanca who has even less scruples than I. Well, Rick, 40 minutes and you'll be on your way to Lisbon. Yep. Rick's Cafe. Oh, this place will never be the same without you. I saw that to Ferrari. Oh, don't worry. He understands you're still the winner at roulette. Oh, thanks. You have the letters, Rick? Yeah, right here. Tell me, when we searched the place, where were they? I dropped them in Sam's piano. Serves me right for not being musical. Oh, here they are. You better wait in my office. Yes, a good idea. Hello, Elsa. Where's Laszlo? Oh, he'll be right in. He's just paying the driver. Rick. What? Haven't you told Victor yet that he's going alone? He thinks I'm leaving with him. I'll tell him later. But uh, it's all right, isn't it? You were able to arrange everything. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But, Victor... We'll tell him at the airport. The less time to think, the easier for all of us. Just trust me. Yes. Yes. I don't know how to thank you, Rick. Save it. There's still lots of things to do. I brought the money. It's in this briefcase. Forget it. You'll need it in America. But we made a deal. Never mind that. Yeah, I got the letters here. They're made out in blank and signed by General Vagon. All you have to do is fill in the blanks. I'm sorry, Laszlo. You're under arrest again. Accessory to the murder of the couriers from whom those letters were stolen. Uh, you're surprised about my friend Ricky. Well, the explanation is simple. Love, it seems, has triumphed over virtue. Oh, now, take it easy, Louis. Nobody's going to be arrested. Not for a while yet. Have you taken leave of your senses? Yeah. Now, sit down. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, put down that gun. Now, look, I wouldn't like to shoot you, Louis, but I will if you don't behave. Under the circumstances, then I will sit down. Yeah, and keep your hands on the table. I'm very unhappy, Ricky. There's a telephone right next to you, Louie. Now pick it up and dial the airport. We don't want any trouble out there either. Remember, Louie, this gun is pointed right at your heart. 
Oh, that's my least vulnerable spot. You know? Hello, hello? Is this the airport? What are you talking about? This is Major Strasser. Captain Reno. I want to speak to the operations manager. What? Oh, go ahead, Reno. Oh, monsieur. A man and a woman will arrive shortly at the airport. Huh? They will go aboard the Lisbon plane. They carry two letters of transit. Ah. There is to be absolutely no trouble made for them. Understand? I'll be there right away. Thank you. Lisbon plane taking off in five minutes. This is the last call for passengers to please board the plane. Lisbon plane, five minutes. You've got to hurry now, Laszlo. Take care of your luggage. We'll wait here. Here's a fountain pen, Louis. I think it might look nicer if you filled in the names on the letters. You think of everything, don't you? Yeah. And the names are Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo. Rick, why my name? Because you're getting on the plane. I, I don't understand. What about you? Yes, what about you? I'm staying here. No. No, Rick. What's happened? Last night you said... Last night I said I do the thinking for the both of us. Well, I've done a lot of it since then. It all adds up to just one thing. You're getting on that plane with Laszlo. I won't leave you again, Rick. I won't. Listen to me. Do you have any idea of what you would have to look forward to if you stay here? We'd both wind up in a concentration camp. I'm afraid Major Strasser might insist. You're saying this only to make me go. I'm saying it because it's true. Inside of us, we both know that you belong to Victor. And what happens to you? Well, I've got a job to do, Ilson. And where I'm going, you can't follow. I'm sounding noble now. I'm not very good at it. But it doesn't take much to see the problems of two little people. Well, they just don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Everything's in order. All except one thing. There's something you have to know before we leave. Please. You don't have to explain anything. But I'm going to, because it may make a difference to you later on. You know about Rick and me? Yes. But you didn't know I was with him last night at his place when you were there. No. She came to get the letters. She tried everything to get them and nothing worked. She did her best to convince me she was still in love with me. But that was over a long time ago. For your sake, she pretended it wasn't. Well, I let her pretend. I understand. Now, here are the letters. Good luck. Welcome back to the fight, Rick. Are you ready, darling? Yes, I am. Goodbye, Rick. God bless you. Come on, go on. You better hurry. You'll miss that plane. Well... There they go, Rick. <laughs> I was right. You are a sentimentalist. I don't know what you're talking about. You know I'll have to arrest you, of course. Yeah, as soon as the plane takes off, Louis. Let me know. Oh, I may still win my bet, Rick. know. What was the meaning of that phone call? Victor Laszlo is on that plane. No, stop him. Stop him. What are you standing here for? Because Monsieur Rick has a gun in my stomach. I was... I was willing to shoot Captain Reynaud. I'm willing to shoot you too, Major. Are you crazy? Guards! Guards! Don't call anyone, Major. I'll shoot. I'm stopping myself. Wait! Wait! The plane must not take off! The plane must... What's the problem here? Someone shoots. What are you doing? Oh, Captain Reynolds. Someone has just shot Major Strasser. Oh. Oh! Telephone Lieutenant Cassell immediately. And tell him to round up the usual suspects. Yes, Captain. Ricky... It might be a good idea for you to disappear from Casablanca for a while. There's a free French garrison at Brazzaville. I could be induced to arrange your passage. Hey, look, you still owe me 5,000 francs. 5,000 francs should just about pay our expenses. Our expenses? Mm-hmm. Oh, Louis, 
I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. In private life, Hedy Lamar is Mrs. John Loden. And so as we present our stars for a curtain call, I'll introduce them as Alan Ladd and <clears throat> Mr. and Mrs. John Loder. Although they've been married almost a year, it's our first chance to congratulate them. Thank you, Mr. DeMille. You know, he beats me. What do you take mean? Off Come on, coat, take off Mr. your coat, Mr. At, uh, Gin Romney. You just saved me. <laughs> we want your expert opinion on something, Mr. DeMille. For you, Hetty, anything. When a husband and wife are in one of your plays, do you recommend a little extra rehearsing at home? Oh, definitely, John. Offhand, I, I can't think of anything more pleasant than uh, going over a love scene with uh, Eddie. If Mrs. DeMille is listening, he's only kidding. Uh, we better drop this. Well, I'll change the subject, C.B., because it's something I want to say to Humphrey Bogart's fans. It was a privilege for me to play a part that he made famous, but well, really, nobody could play it like Bogey. And I'd like to wish him... And I'd like to wish him all the luck in the world over there in the Mediterranean area where he's entertaining American soldiers. Now, luck and a safe return. I suppose Alan has shown you the photographs of his new daughter, Hetty. Why, no. Well, how'd I miss you? It seems I just have a dozen or so around. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Good night. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.